everyone. Welcome back to the Vin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 150. And Aaron, oh, it's good to play spoiler, isn't it? <laughs> now, the Vegas it. Golden Knights did pick up a point here, but this is what we wanted. We wanted to limit their ability to get into the playoffs. Uh, the Sharks pull out a, a crazy, crazy win tonight. Uh, 5-4 in the shootout, of all things. Uh, Thomas Bordalo showing up big time. What do you got to say? Well, I don't think Vegas likes number 23 very much for the Sharks or when they play the Sharks when they need to win. It's unreal. It is. Um, my adrenaline was going, man. After Timo Meyer tied it, I was just like, oh, this is awesome. And then the whole overtime, I was just on the edge of my seat. Um, it's unfortunate they didn't win in overtime, but, you know, whatever. Vegas is now at 90 points in the standings, I think. And was it LA needs one more point to clinch in the next couple games. So, Still not looking for Vegas. Now, I would obviously it would be better if it was a um, uh, regulation win, but I will take what I can get, what little joy you can get in these last week of the season for the Sharks. This is fantastic. Well, so, I mean, it's nice to have a regulation win if you're trying to make playoffs, but for the Sharks, right. who cares, right? So I'm just happy to knock them down a peg. Uh, I'm all cool with that. Uh, by the way, uh, CJ here saying, hey, fellas, been a long time since I've been in the live shows. Usually watch the podcast. Great to see uh, great to see you. you both look more beautiful than the last time I saw you. Well, uh, thank you for that, I, I guess. Uh, maybe it, it's, it's a those. fun. It's a true fact that we look more beautiful after a win. So it, it makes sense. <laughs> Especially against nice. Vegas. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the Sharks do get a chance to play spoiler. Again, they don't take both points. They do take one. Uh, Aaron, I have to ask you, Jack Eichel goes from Buffalo to Vegas, <laughs> trying to get that elusive first playoff appearance there. And um, again, it's looking like they might not make it and he might be sitting out yet again. Is this the best player to have never made it to the playoffs? Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's got to be because um, this day and age, it's harder to get in the playoffs than it was, you know, 20 years ago when there's a lot less teams and still 16 getting in there. So um, there's actually discussion about that recently um, about letting more teams into the playoffs than the 16 that are there now. Cause right now it's, it's now exactly at 50% mm-hmm. and 50%. I didn't even realize this is like the least amount of percentage that, that the NHL has ever had um, teams go into the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised if they might tweak that or do some kind of play in or something kind of like that. They did similar to the, um, the what the shortened season from from covid so um yeah he's got to be one of the best if not the best player that has still not had a playoff game under their belt i got a lot of people in here commenting about tonight's game ryan hardy saying i love how no matter how badly vegas owns the sharks they still choke against us in the most pivotal games props to the boys for finding a way uh peter st john evening boys just saw bordelow shootout winner kellen foster Bortle Doe, the baby shark, just getting his legs underneath them. I'm guessing uh, a deer, maybe, perhaps. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Radim Zasio. I'm going to butcher that name. I'm just going to call Zachios. you Radim. There you go. What a way to start morning in Prague. Hey, thank you for visiting us uh, online here all the way from Prague. We do appreciate you coming in here. Hey, you got uh, to see your boy, Tomas Hurdle. Tomas Hurdle got on scoreboard tonight. That's awesome. <laughs> Confidence booster for Bordalo. Absolutely. Game was absolutely insane, says Graham Slam. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it was just a great game. Just an awesome game. Um, you know, seeing them, they were down, I think, 3-1 to one at one point. And then again, down 4-2 to two at one point. And they just kept battling. Aaron, what's the one thing we've been talking about this entire season so far with this team in terms of identity? Well, they have one now. I feel like they uh, they've been... 
I mean, think about how many games have they lost by a goal this season? That's yeah. going to be the difference making um, between this year and next season is you're, you're going to you in these games. You're playing against these playoff teams or these top teams that are cup contending teams and you're within a goal. That, that's a good confidence booster that, hey, we could turn this around, you know, tighten up things just a little bit more. And you're going to be adding in more um, scoring. What's the word? Um, talent next season with all these young guys coming in. So the Sharks are kind of getting over that hump of not making playoffs. And I think next year is going to be a big year for the Sharks. Uh, Their identity is there. The culture has changed. Everything looks good. So I think the foundation has been built. And right now we're just adding pieces to it. And it's going to be a, um, to me, I still think this is going to be a playoff bubble team next year, depending on health. That's probably the, the difference right there. Yeah, that's fair enough. And uh, uh, Jack Frost actually asking, am I the only one that wanted them to lose so we can get a better draft pick in terms of speaking of next season and whatnot? Uh, you know, Jack, I don't think it's really going to affect the draft pick that much right now. Uh, they're sitting, I think, in the 11th spot. Um, they could move, but mathematically, they could move up all the way into, uh, I think, it's seventh uh, prior to this game. Now, I think where they're going to land is probably somewhere between 10th and 9th. It's really not going to be that much of a difference between Uh, the pick that they'd get if they were to probably even if they were to win out versus if they were to lose out, it's only going to be a couple picks. So um, honestly, for me, it was more important to uh, deny Vegas the opportunity to go to the playoffs. I'll take uh, the number 10 over the number nine pick. If it means we finally get to see Vegas uh, and their fan base, maybe just uh, sulking a little bit finally would be nice. So I'm a hundred percent okay with that. Uh, I'll take the W tonight and the two points that come along with it. Uh, Kellen Foster, by the way, says, uh, we must be looking uh, more beautiful than ever uh, because of that post-win glow. Uh, that's what he's <laughs> saying, the post-win glow. There you go. So um, uh, Thomas Borlo, let's talk a little bit about uh, Thomas Borlo here. Uh, oh, my gosh, the, the the chat's flowing. Actually, before we even talk about Thomas Borlo, I like the amount of chat that's going on here, but I know we can get more. Guys, if you can, hit us with that retweet. Hit us with that share. Get us out to your friends and your Sharks family. Uh, get more people in here talking about this stuff. We enjoy the conversation. There we go. <laughs> We enjoy the conversation and we know you guys do too. So uh, perhaps the people that you know would enjoy it just as much as well. So Thomas Bordelow, I don't know, Aaron, if you saw the uh, the meme that I, I put out on uh, Twitter the other day. I think Super Producer Jason had enough time. There it is. Sharks fans walking with William Mecklen, but checking out Thomas Bordelow right there. Um, I had a bunch of people kind of react negatively to this saying, well, why not both, right? And uh, I'm not saying it's me saying I'm forgetting about William Eklund here. I'm just saying I think Sharks fans have um, uh, another guy on their radar in terms of who their top prospect is. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. I mean, Bortolo, I think, is, was probably right behind um, William Eklund. So I'm still very excited about William Eklund and, and see what he can bring. He's even younger than than Bortolo. So um, he's, he's basically about a year behind, right? That right, he's a, I think he's one year. I think Bortolo's 20 mm-hmm. and uh Eklund is 19. So, um, he's next year. I'm very excited for next year, and I'm, I'm this is awesome to see what what Bortolo is, is bringing because he seems very calm with the puck, he seems very confident, calm, making simple plays, but also making some fancy plays. If yeah. that makes sense, did you see his kick the puck? I did his pass his kick pass, that was pretty yep. cool. Um, he kind of let the puck go between his legs, and then he just kind of kicked it over. Um, that's like, I don't know if he was thinking to do that or if it was like, a, oh, shoot, it's stuck in my skates. I'm just going to do this kind of thing. But it worked, and it I think it kind of faked out the defenseman because he wasn't expecting it. So, um, And it worked. It got He didn't almost score a goal. He, he's he's yeah. so close to scoring goals. 
Um, it's it's nice to see him win the shootout tonight. Unfortunately, it's not it's not going to count as a goal on his stat sheet, but uh, he is now one for one. He's batting a thousand for for shootout goals. Um, I think he's going to bring he's bringing a lot to this team already. And I'm sure people are going to say, hey, why didn't the Sharks, they needed help in scoring, why didn't they bring him along earlier? He was still developing. In fact, this season, nobody thought, or everyone's kind of um, downgrading, I think, his prospect status because he wasn't as dominant as he was before at University of Michigan. So um, I think he still needed that time and that confidence booster. Plus, he got his butt kicked a little bit in terms of like missing World Juniors twice in a row. All this guy, you know, dealing with a lot of adversity for for a guy at, who's now 20 years old, um, it's only going to make him stronger. So it was a good thing that he kind of marinated for a couple of seasons down there and and is doing well with the Sharks. I mean, well, he's got, what, three assists? Did he get an assist tonight? I missed I that. I don't think he had an assist tonight. But, yeah, I mean, three assists and, again, the shootout winner. Um, really solid stuff. I can't remember who it was here in the chat here. We were saying uh, – Oh, Grand Slam jumping ahead a bit saying Bordalo is the greatest shark of all time. We'll get there, maybe. That'd be nice. But uh, another guy we got to call out here, Lundy, with a dollar ninety nine in the super chat saying, I'm cheering for the Rangers in the playoffs because of Braun. Of so course. there you go. Of course. Of course he is. Thank you, Lundy, for the dollar ninety nine. By the way, if you guys want to support the show, you can do the same thing that Lundy did right there. You can hit us with a super chat. We also have Venmo, which is at the Fin Factor on Venmo. Uh, there's also the store, uh, the thefinfactor.com. We have all the shirts, stickers, um, sweatshirts, all that kind of stuff. So you can support the show through any of those ways uh, if you would uh, like to do so. So there you go. Again, Lenny, thank you so much for your $1.99. do appreciate you very much. Uh, back to Thomas Bortolo. Yeah, he has absolutely just stepped right in. Like you said, he looks comfortable. He doesn't look like he's panicking with the puck at all. Um, he's very calm. It's almost eerily calm. Uh, how how he he's just kind of works with the puck. Um, he most guys in their rookie seasons they're kind of like throwing the puck away. They don't want it. Uh, you know I have it. That's great. I'm trying to give it to somebody else who's open. Anybody else? Uh, he seems like he's willing to hold on to the puck and he's very calm with it. And like you said, he's making these plays that more veteran players would make in terms of the confidence level. His confidence level is through the roof. Uh, for better or worse, you would think. But for right now, it's working out really well for him. As you said, the little kick pass that he made, he made some behind-the-back passes right to the slot that resulted in some good plays as well. So, um, you know, he's stepping right in, and he's doing a great job. So uh, very happy. And, and you know, you've also got him playing alongside Balsers and Gregor. And I think he's not a guy that's just slotting in. He's a guy that's actually making them better. I think you've seen Balsers look a lot more dangerous and Gregor has gotten a couple of goals, actually, I think one goal since he's joined the line, but he's looking more dangerous as well. So I think he's bringing a lot to the line. He's not just kind of a passenger on the bus. He's out there making that line his own, and he's making his line mates better. So I'm super happy with Thomas Bordalo. Uh, again, no disrespect whatsoever to William Eklund, and I can't wait to have both of them together. I think they could be an absolute dynamic threat. Uh, both of the, with the, the puck handling ability, uh, the passing ability. Uh, I, I think the two of them together could be a really nice one-two punch for the Sharks down the road. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you said it exactly what I was going to say too, that he just makes everyone around him better. He's one of those players that he's not like a dominant scorer. He's not sniping. I mean, he hasn't scored yet, so we haven't really seen him put together any kind of like disgusting goals yet. So um, I, he just seems like the kind of player, kind of like, Bear Bonoff in a way where Bear Bonoff, he does a lot of little things that you don't realize how well he does it, but he's making his line better. 
Um, he does get on the score sheet, but he is kind of that complimentary player that makes your star players better or just the players that you're on the line with. I mean, he's not playing with stars since he's on that third line. He's kind of getting sheltered minutes, but at the same time, he's producing, um, getting those sheltered minutes. So he's probably, you know, he's getting the trust of the coaching staff. Now, I don't know if that's because it's the last two weeks of the season or if um, they really do trust him and they're keeping him out there, but he's getting 14 to 16 minutes of ice time a night. That's, that's pretty good for a rookie. You're not, you know, you're not shoving him on the fourth line and giving him sheltered, really sheltered minute of seven, eight minutes a game. So um, he's out there. He's on the power play. He's he's doing everything out there and making plays and making uh, his linemates better. Jack Frost asking, what's the future of San Jose's defense? Uh, we're actually going to get to some of that a little bit, Jack. So hold on to that thought in just a minute. But we are going to talk to uh, Martin McTaggart here with the 499 Super Chat. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Can we talk about Timo's timely equalizer? <laughs> greetings from San Mateo. Well, greetings back to you there, Martin. Yes, uh, absolutely. It, you you can't get much closer than 0.9 seconds. So, um, I, I mean, again, it's, it's so funny because they were saying it's Timo time for overtime. It was... <laughs> you know, everything was timely this time, 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 time. <laughs> they love having the, the play on where it was the Timo there. But yeah, absolutely. It just kind of went off the backboards. He was right there. Johnny on the spot bangs it in uh, to a diving uh, Tage Thompson. Just couldn't get to the puck. So um, absolutely wonderful to see that puck go in because you're, you're watching the time go down and going, ah, it's just not going to go on. We're not going to get there, uh, you know. Um, and, and then all of a sudden it's in the back of the net and you're looking at the clock and it says zero. Uh, but you're, you're pretty sure you saw it said point something before it went to zero. So yeah, it was just, just crazy. Uh, an incredible uh, ending to an incredible game. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think about the, uh, the team of time goal there? I don't know if you noticed, I, I noticed on the replay, he hit that with authority. There was a lot of <laughs> anger in that goal. Like he was making sure that he was going to try and rip the net and make sure that it went in. And I don't know if he knew how much time was left because hitting it that hard kind of took an extra 0.1 or 0.2 seconds like he really yeah. he put it in with authority and i don't know if, did you see the quote that he had i think it was uh was it yesterday or today like this morning before the game saying how there's just there's animosity between them and and vegas and they would love to play spoiler and they want to go in there and they're going to work their yeah. their hardest and work their butts off and i can't remember the exact quote but um it was definitely like you know locker room what's like post like post material for the locker room for Vegas yeah. to like give them kind of motivation to beat the sharks. But yeah. Um, yeah. Who cares? Last week, last game against Vegas. This is just fantastic stuff. So yeah, that goal was, was great. I, I saw Burns get the puck at the point. I'm like, he better throw the net and not try and make a stupid pass. And he did. And it just luckily bounced. I mean, this game is a, a game of luck most of the time. So it's really good to see that uh, Timo scored yet another goal and to tie it. And it was against Vegas. It was just so much at once. It's so fantastic. I was so yeah, happy. I think what, what Timo had said was, you know, it's, it's, this is the biggest game of the year for them, at least at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the biggest game of the year for them. He, his, and, and of course, not because we want to win to try to get back into playoff contentions because we want to play spoiler. He didn't even have to say that, you know what it's about. Uh, yeah. they, they want to knock Vegas down a peg. They don't care if they uh, go to the playoffs or not. It's, it's specifically that team that they want to spoil. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Biggest game of the year uh, at this point of the season, obviously, uh, for for uh, Timo Meyer there. So, um, Timo, a couple things on Timo real quick. He's having a career year, 34 goals, uh, 75 points, and that was, I think, written before his his uh, his goal tonight, right? So, yeah. Um, 
35 and 76 points at least because he might have gotten an assist tonight too. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I had a clip here, but we didn't have a chance to get it in there. But basically, Couture saying, you know, when the team's not scoring, it's not really fair to point to uh, to Timo and, and Hurdle in, in this case um, because they're the ones that are scoring more regularly. He's talking about how he needs to score more, how some of the other guys uh, on the roster need to put the puck in the net more often, and that it's not fair to point to those two guys all the time because they are the ones carrying the load. They're the bigger names. They're the bigger goal-scoring names. So uh, when they don't bury one one night, it's easy to say, well, they didn't score that night, and maybe that's why. But uh, there's a whole other cast of characters that needs to take some of that blame as well, and that's what Couture was saying uh, in that post-game interview from uh, the previous game last night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But again, Timo, uh, 35 goals. Aaron, um, this is what we said we needed from Timo this season. It's unfortunate we didn't have Kevin LeBanc um, coming in, staying healthy, and potentially doing something similar like this. If Kevin could have had one of those career years, gosh, this could have been a very different team. But that's that's one of the things we wanted to see from those two guys. And obviously one being out with season-ending injury, uh, but the other one really stepping up to the task. And, you know, we've been very critical of Timo on this show. We put the Timo time clock down, right? We've said many times that it is not Timo time. Uh, but this season he showed up, and uh, it's good to be wrong sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of feel bad about it, too, because we gave away that <laughs> clock. We no longer have the clock because we gave it away. Um, this was the Timo that everyone was expecting out of the gate two seasons ago, right after the Sharks went all the way to the conference right. finals and the first season that they did not make playoffs. So, uh, or was that three seasons ago? Man, it's been a while. Um, so it he's having a fantastic year. Let's absolutely celebrate this. This is great. I hope this is the normal Timo and not the, I am going to be signing an extension Timo. So <laughs> next year, um, his, his uh, floor is going to be very high for what uh, people are going to be expecting out of him. And he has emerged as one of the, obviously the leading scorer of the team, but one of the, the leaders of the entire team in terms of everything, like doing everything. Um, it also, let's not forget Tomas Hurdle scored his 30th. So now we have yeah. two 30 goal scorers on the team, which is just, wow. Like that, those two stepped up with, with Kane being gone this season. So um, I think uh, those two, obviously they were in for a pay raise, Hurdle got his. <laughs> Hurdle, Hurdle got his earlier, um, and Timo's going to going to be signing. I think his his was he eligible for an extension after the yeah. season ends. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something come out very soon uh, into the summer as an extension. But right. um, I also want to point out James Reimer had a heck of a night. Yeah, he let in four goals, but he had over forty shots against him. I think it was. 42 saves with uh yeah on 46 shots on goal i believe yeah 40 yeah you're right um unreal night he had some big ones that i was like wow i don't know how he one got across but kept his pads down and legs strong to kick those things out so um he had a heck of a night and he's having yet again just continuing his very good season on a not very good team so kudos to him um the other one i was going to talk about was capo kakinen now, obviously, he didn't play tonight, but um, I think that guy is looking more and more legit as we go on. He had one kind of stinker of a game, and the rest have been – he's been over nine 900 save percentage. Like He's not getting the wins, but he's keeping the Sharks in there for sure. Um, I think this guy, he's also – like he reminds me a lot more of Nabokov than any other goalie since Nabokov has been on the team. I'm, obviously, Nabokov is the goalie coach. Um, so I don't know if that's really rubbing off on him or if that's just kind of his style, 
But, you know, he makes those like kind of flashier glove saves like Nabokov did. You remember that? Nabokov yeah. would make a glove save and he would let you know that he made the glove save by like <laughs> throwing it up there and catching it and almost like doing a superhero pose afterwards. Like yeah, the windmill. Fantastic. What? The windmill with the glove. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I feel like Kakinen is is coming into his own. He's still pretty young. Um, right now, I'm liking him a lot more than than Hill at this point. Um, not really fair to Aiden Hill because he's been hurt a lot. But from what people keep saying in the comments, that it's like chronic back pain. This could be a, a big thing for for Hill, like not coming back. It doesn't. I doubt he's coming back this season. There's no reason for him to. Um, but I hope it's nothing long term, and I hope he's healthy. But now we're going to have a problem with which goalie to get rid of. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head already. I think if you're going to go with two of them, you got to go with Reimer and you got to go with Kakinen. I think Kakinen, um, uh, yes, they traded a second to get Hill, but Kakinen is the latest one that they traded for who's NHL ready. I think that they showed some confidence that Kakinen is that one of their guys, right? Now, Reimer, one of the things we had talked about with Reimer is that he's probably more of um, like the, the backup uh, games played, right? In terms of how many games he's going to take on in a season, he wasn't going to be taking on that many. We were very wrong on that one as well. Um, he's taken on quite the load, and he's looked phenomenal uh, in every game that he's played so far. He's maybe had a stinker here or there, but for the most part, I think the guy has been absolutely great, and the team in front of him hasn't been uh, really up to snuff. And, you know, we've got a lot of young guys playing in the lineup, a lot of rookies. That's totally understandable, right? So um, I, I think going forward, you stick with Reimer, and I think you stick with uh, Kapo Kakinen. I think Aiden Hill is a great goaltender. I think without Kapo here, you absolutely ride him next season as well. But I think if you're going to go with just two and one of them has got to go, Aiden Hill is probably the guy that's the odd man out from a skill perspective, from what the coaches see, right? Um, if you want a bigger return, I think you're looking at maybe shipping Reimer out. But I think uh, if you're really looking to be back into the playoff hunt for next season, your one-two punch for me, it's got to be Reimer. It's got to be Capo Kakin. And now uh, we had said, uh, I had said, um, you know, it's good to be wrong. It's the second time I said it in this uh, this show here. And I've got Peter St. John trying to call me out, and he's going to segue me right into the next topic here. He says, you mean like being wrong about Noah? And then Anthony Sanchez says, hey, Aaron, how confident are you that Gregor gets 10? Now, Noah Gregor has how many? Six goals? Six. And oh, We've my God. If he had four one tonight, or three games, four uh, games, three games. If he had one tonight, I was, oof, I was screaming for him to score. I'm like, Come on, <laughs> man! Come on! He fired he three, one way high and hit the glass again. He had three shots on goal tonight. <laughs> that's a lot. That's, that's a good is. amount. It is. Um, yeah. Anyway, the Sharks. Sorry, uh, they've played. Yeah, they got three games left. How confident so, are you? Oh, not confident anymore. <laughs> I thought that hat trick was coming. Where's the hat trick? Oh, man. If he gets a hat trick in the next game, he's, he's <laughs> going to sit at nine. That's probably going to be what's going to happen. He's going to sit at nine goals and not get that 10th, and you're going to win the bet. I got news for you, but I'm pretty sure he's staying at six. Now, if he doesn't stay at six, if he has any more than that, you can be sure to credit Thomas Bordelow because – Play on the line with him. The man is a wizard uh, from what I've seen so far. I, I love what he's doing. Uh, and, and again, he only makes his linemates better. So uh, if Gregor hits that magic number, which he won't, but if he gets close to it, uh, you can be pretty sure that Thomas Bordelow is going to have something to say about that. So there you go. Any uh, any comments here on the side that, that you see, Aaron, well, that we want to call out before we move on? 
Peter following up saying, I'm not saying he's going to get 10. What I'm saying is he's been really showing up a lot. I like his development. I agree. I think he's finally starting to get a little more confident. He's getting, he's kind of, he's getting into his role on the Sharks. I think that's what he's figuring out is he's not going to be a second line winger. He's going to be basically in Matt Nieto. He's going to be a third line winger that's going to kill penalties, use his speed to drive the play and get into the zone and then start making plays from there. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, that line right now, I think, looks like the hottest line in terms of like every time they're on the ice, something happens. And that's Bordalo, Gregor, and Balsers. Is that the other one that's with them? Balsers, yes. Yeah. They, those three together, they have something. There's some kind of chemistry there and it's working and it looks good for the last five games or so. <laughs> well, Peter, I, I, I have to say, I never said that uh, he, he wasn't showing up and, and uh, he wasn't developing. I was just saying what he's doing is not being a 10 goal scorer. So I don't know where I was wrong there. So we'll see. Uh, we've got three, four games left, whatever it is. Uh, if he happens to get uh, four more goals, then I could be wrong. Other than that. Sorry. All right, here's here's a comment for Redman. Excited for Co to come in. Now, did you see that link I sent you? Yes. Brendan Co scored a game winner. He came out of the box with yep. less than four seconds, five seconds left in the game, and put this disgusting move on the goalie and scored a goal. It was pretty pretty slick. So I didn't know much. Nine stick handles in the in about one second span. Yeah. Like if you slow down, you watch his stick. He about nine times. Uh, he touches nine the clock. times. He's and then yeah, just goofy. That's a Ferris Bueller joke. You missed that nine times. Nine times. <laughs> uh, Gregor has one less point than Dolan. Yes, is Dolan still in the NHL? Man, that guy. Fell his dad was my favorite player. Man, I feel bad. Yeah. He's he's showing why Vancouver gave up on him. <laughs> why they traded him away. And, you know, I was going to save this for a little bit later on, but this maybe this is a good segue here where you talk about Noah Gregor and comparing him with Dolan, is that now we've got guys that are coming in um, who are probably going to be start pushing out some of the old prospects, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even Sasha. Sasha had a pretty decent game, and he's shown up in those last couple games. I thought he played fairly well, but you've got guys in Thomas Bordalo, William Eklund, Brandon Coe, Tristan Robbins, uh, Daniel Gushin. Uh, there's another guy who's playing in the uh, Swedish league. I can't remember what his name is. He's Canadian, but it sounds like he's Russian or something. But, like, there's there's another guy coming there, too. I mean, there's just so many guys that are kind of in the pipeline right now um, that are going to start pushing for these jobs, whether it's NHL, like, you know, low-level NHL jobs, or whether it's, you know, a, a lot of time in the AHL. And these guys that have been around – kind of, you know, kind of struggling in the AHL, hoping to get a break to get in the NHL, not really making it happen. They're going to kind of get start getting pushed out. And it's going to be this new wave of younger players that are coming in that are, are challenging for these positions. I think mm-hmm. of all those names that I called off, Thomas Bordelow is 100% on the roster next season for my money. Uh, William Eklund's going to have to go through training camp and prove something, I think, which is okay. It's not a problem. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him develop a little bit more anyway. So, um, you know, I, I'm happy to see where Eklund goes. And I don't know that he should be on the, the NHL roster this coming season. I mean, Brandon Coe, I think, is 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 way up there. He's like 100-something points in the OHL. So he's way up there in terms of scoring and whatnot. And he's clutch. So we can get another guy like him coming in with a Thomas Bordalo. I mean, that that injection of youth and that injection of skill 
could really do a lot for some depth scoring for this team come next season even. So um, I, I just see this new wave of, of young talent kind of coming. And, you know, if they don't make the NHL, gosh, uh, Tech CU Arena, which is the new Barracuda Arena, is going to be absolutely jumping with all this young talent coming in. So um, a really good time if you're not to be a Barracuda fan. So uh, definitely check out their season tickets and whatnot because I know Aaron and I are going to be doing that, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of these guys play because, uh, it's, again, it's just going to be an injection of talent um, in, in bulk like we haven't really seen yeah. uh, with, the, with the Sharks and with the Barracuda. Now, don't get too excited about Coe's 100 points because he's 20 years old playing the OHL. So it's his, it's the last year he's eligible to play. So he's the oldest guy in the league, essentially. Sure. Um, and you're playing against 18 and 19-year-olds, 17-year-olds. So, I mean, I'm not discounting it. It's awesome that he scored 100 points, but don't expect him to be a 90-point player when he shows up with the Sharks. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do and what he can bring. Um, I do think Eklund is going to make the roster next season. I don't think he's going to spend much time in the AHL. Maybe if he starts to tail off after the 2030 game mark, because the NHL is such a grind, he might need a break in, in terms of like go back down to the AHL and, and get some confidence boosting back up. Um, I, I want to see how much muscle he's able to add because that's only going to help him be through, get through the grind of the season. Um, mm-hmm. But I fully, fully, trust that he's going to be making the roster along with uh with um Bordalo. so um yeah ozzy weisblatt don't forget about ozzy yeah. from anthony sanchez that's another guy that's coming in um yeah i'm very excited um actually paul and i we are going to be getting barracuda tickets for next season so we will be like we're going to be splitting them up so we will be there with our families a lot um along with another buddy so you, if anyone's going to those barracuda games uh you'll see us and you can say hi We'll be wearing yeah. our Finfector gear, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I think uh, that AHL team is going to be a lot better next season. <laughs> Barracuda is going to be good, and it's going to look good because they're going to have that old, new, shiny, nice toy of an arena to play in. It's going to be, what, slightly bigger than what the Coyotes are going to be playing in? Uh, probably, yes. <laughs> from the looks of it, I didn't get the actual seat count out of, out of the Coyotes, but from the looks of it, yeah, I think the the new one, Texas Arena, is going to be bigger. I think they uh, the Barracuda kind of trolled arizona about yeah. it yeah because they were like oh it's smaller than our arena or our arena is bigger so they said something kind of snarky to him it's fantastic so, um i mean you know and this is kind of like to the fans that wanted a rebuild right um you know you've got the sharks that they've managed to kind of stock these cupboards a bit uh without doing a full-blown fire sale a lot of people wanted them to do you know the whole uh dump everybody uh we're, we're tanking uh get rid of everyone um, do a full blown rebuild, but, uh, the sharks never do that. They never intend to do that. Um, so you, you take a look at the prospects that have settled in, um, into doing an NHL role here. Okay. And there's a lot of names and a lot of them are actually on defense here, but, um, there's a lot of guys that have stepped in, uh, who, who probably would be still playing on the, in the AHL playing on the Barracuda, but they've done such a great job of stepping up and playing for the Sharks this season that they've kind of earned these spots. And one of the things I saw Corey Massasak say in Twitter was, you know, um, Megna has kind of come into his own as well. And it really softens the blow of losing Middleton. So um, seeing these guys come in and, and play well, it kind of gives you an idea of, of the prospects and how good these prospects have become. 
um, and how much they can actually step in and help out come next season. And even if they don't do it at the NHL level, once we get everybody back and healthy, uh, they will be just that much stronger for the AHL. So um, I think at this point we'll do a roll call. Aaron, I don't know what you want to do necessarily for the roll call topic, but I do kind of want to talk a little bit about some of these prospects and um, they their ability to kind of step in and um, and play well for the Sharks this season so far. Sure. How about uh, for a roll call, tell us where you are watching us from currently and who, which player you are most excited to see next season. How about that? There you go. Right, so which that. player are you most excited to see for next season? Before you and I answer that, actually, let's go ahead and just talk about some of these prospects really quick. Um, Megna. First of all, Megna, I don't know if you noticed, they had him out there when it was the overtime uh, on the penalty kill. So four on three, they were trusting Megna over Vlasic. He pretty I much mean, took over Middleton's spot. Exactly. That, that's Yeah. I mean, would you trust Vlasic out there right now? I mean, honestly, yeah, I would because that's his whole role. His whole role is I play defense. I don't do anything else other than try to shut down and play D. Now, is he the best at it? Maybe not anymore. Is he better than a rookie coming in with less experience who might have nerves and doesn't have quite the poise? Yeah, I would still think so. But you know what? Coach Bugner throws Magna out there. He blocks a shot and uh, it, no pucks go in. So what do I know, right? I mean, part of that could be because it's the end of the season. They're not trying to get points to make playoffs. Yeah. Maybe it's a different scenario. They want to get the experience to Magna because he doesn't have any. That's probably playing a little bit of a role here. And he did well. They didn't score, yeah. <laughs> right? No, 100%. He did great. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that's that's got to be part of it. Um, I mean, at this point, Vlasic has too much experience compared to Magna. So you got you to gotta kind of get that shared out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. Um, Ryan Merkley has been stepping up big time. I did not think Ryan Merkley was going to see much NHL time uh, beyond last season. I didn't think he was going to get much time at all. Um, I figured between Burns and Carlson, obviously Carlson's out, so that kind of opens the door to have another offensive defense and step in. But even not even necessarily on the offensive side, Merkley's looked pretty good. He had a couple solid poke checks today that I saw. Um, he's very calm, uh, much like, uh, Thomas Bordelow. He's very calm with the puck, does not panic, uh, is almost overly confident with it at times. And, uh, it's just one of those things that's really nice to see when you watch how Eric Carlson plays the game and he's got the puck and there's a guy kind of bearing down. He'll wait to see if he's actually going to come and attack or if he's just kind of swooping and kind of, uh, not actually going to go after him. So he kind of holds onto the puck for a second and waits and sees and if the guy just kind of swoops. It's like, okay, cool. And he hangs on to it. I think uh, a lesser talent would probably throw the puck away, right? Just try to get rid of it, uh, assuming that the player is coming. Merkley doesn't do that. Merkley hangs on to the puck. Merkley makes some really nice plays in the offensive zone. Um, you see him uh, making some really nice passes from the top. Uh, he's, he's just one of those guys that it's it's been so nice seeing um, what we thought he was capable of kind of starting to come into fruition, right? And we know that we got him when he was super young, so it maybe was going to take a little bit longer, but like I feel like it's here now. Um, Merkley has arrived. You know what I mean? So yeah. seeing him playing the way that he's been playing, uh, very happy, very impressed. Another guy, Nick Maloche or Malosh, Malak, whatever his last name, however you pronounce it. Uh, he's been playing phenomenal as well. I think, again, this is a guy that's trusted with a lot of minutes, has been trusted in a lot of these games. 
Um, he's he's got lots of experience. Again, it softens the blow of losing a guy like Jake Middleton, who for me was a seventh defenseman up until he started getting thrown into the lineup more often uh, after Shimmick was out, uh, after um, you know uh, Carlson gets injured. They're all those things that allow these guys to kind of come in. Uh, for me, it, his growth went off the charts, and so you know it kind of overshadows these other guys. But I think these other guys have stepped up marvelously. Uh, from the season uh, playing on the blue line. I don't know how much you agree with anything I just said, but uh, that's kind of my take on these three. Um, so what do you think? Well, the thing about Merkley, he's played 36 games. So I'm assuming he's going to play the next three. That's 39. That's almost half the season, which yeah. is crazy because I don't feel like he's played half the season. I feel like he's played maybe 15, 20 games. But then you yep. look at it, you're like, wow, he's he's been on the t- on the ice for almost half the season. Um, I like when he's out there. I When he has the puck, he is majestical in skating. Like to me, that's like Carlson back in his heyday kind of skating. Now he's not quite up to the skill of Carlson, but the skating is very, very close. Um, So I love the smoothness of it. I love when he just jukes guys out of their jock straps and leaves them behind breaks their ankles. Um, I want to see more of that. I'm excited for it. I think it's, it's great to see him do lots of that stuff. Um, And I, I, I still feel like he would be a good second pairing defenseman. I don't think he's going to be a top pairing defenseman right. um, because of his defensive woes. And yeah, I'm sure everyone's laughing as a Burns and Carlson already there, but I think he's going to eventually take over when Burns will be gone. And I think Burns will be gone sooner than later, more than, wow. than Carlson would be. Um, I have a feeling some teams going to, I'm, I'm telling you just wait until the playoffs there's going to be a team that is going to lose because they didn't have a power play quarterback or a shooter at the point, or they're going to have a goalie that got hurt and they didn't have a good backup. So someone's going to want Reimer in the off season. They're going to overcompensate for what's going to happen in the playoffs um, because they didn't win a cup and their team is going to, or their fans are going to want them to do something. So I have a feeling that Reimer and Burns will be gone possibly even next season uh, through some trades. That's a whole different story. But anyway, uh, Malosh, I'm, I've been pretty happy with him. Malosh and um, uh, who was the other one you were talking about? Uh, um, Magna, Merkley, and Malosh, uh, three yeah. ME names. Yeah, sorry, so many. <laughs> so Magna and Malosh, to me, those those guys are like, you get what you get with them in terms, you're not going to get offensive upside. You're going to get right. defensive stalwarts that are going to do their job, keep it simple, and they're surrounded by offensive people, so they get them the puck quickly and let them do the puck when they, when they basically win it back. Um, I feel confident with Magna, I think a little bit more than Malosh. I don't know why I feel like Magna is a little bigger. I don't yeah. even know if that's right. He's a little bit bigger. Um, it, he just seems a little bit more solid to me. Um, Cause he could still move. He could skate pretty well, even though he's a big dude, kind of like Middleton. Middleton was a big guy too. Um, but yeah, I, I pretty much agree with most of what you said. <laughs> I don't know that Magna's any bigger, but I feel like he's uh, he stands out a little bit more. I think um, I think he he makes more plays. Um, a little he tougher. stands out to me. So he's a little tougher in terms of like just shoving guys around a little bit more and getting yeah. in their faces more. You know. Um, also, guys uh, that have uh, kind of jumped into the NHL and and stuck for a while here, uh, Reedy and Weatherby. I think uh, these are the two guys at the beginning of the season we were talking about we're going to be contending for that 4C position. It seems like they're both in the lineup now. Um, I, I think they've they've stepped in and given uh, good, solid minutes. They haven't been an anchor, really. I mean, there's not a whole lot of offensive upside 
necessarily, but they've played solid minutes. And uh, it's just another group of guys that come in uh, and are not liabilities all the time on the rink. And and that's what you're going to ask for out of these younger guys that don't have any experience. Just try not to make us look bad, like any worse than we already do. Right. So I think they've done that this season so far. They've had some a uh, little bit of scoring threat here and there. They've soaked up some minutes for the top guys. Uh, I, I think they've done an admirable job stepping in. Now, whether or not the Sharks next season have other players coming in via free agency or, you know, this list of other, of other players, but the prospects that might push them down and out, um, they at least gathered some really solid NHL experience so far this season. And if they only take that back to the AHL with them, again, they'll be all the better for it. So um, really happy with what they've done as well this, so far this season. Um, very good stuff. Anything else you want to talk about in the comments here? There's there's one thing about Kevin Weeks and the whole GM situation, and we can kind of talk a little bit about that. We have no information whatsoever, but I can get your thoughts on it at least. But if there's anything else you want to talk about first in the comment section, let's go ahead and hit that. Uh, Anthony Sanchez, I don't know why you really don't like the Barracuda coach. Uh, what's his straw? Um, Roy Summer. Roy Summer. Um, I don't understand because he's been pretty much given crap for the last 20 years and molding <laughs> some of that into NHL players because the Sharks have just not had high-end draft picks that have been there. So um, think about it this way. Do you remember when Barkley Gaudreau dropped to the AHL and then dropped to the fourth line in the AHL because he yeah. wasn't working, wasn't doing what he was supposed to do in, in the defensive zone? They worked on him. Brought him back up. He was the leading scorer, the leader of the team of the Barracuda, or were the Worcester Sharks back then? I don't remember if it was then, but uh, then jumps back to the Sharks, and then you know what happened to him. So I feel like he is putting together players and making them NHL caliber players because, yeah, they're not getting, you know, Barracuda might not be getting the wins or they might not have the flashy scores because they're just not having that kind of talent joining their team. But he's turning players into NHL caliber players because they're, they're um, doing 200 feet of ice games yeah. and, and, you know, they're responsible in their defensive zone. That's what a, NHL coaches want to see from these guys that are coming up. And they're basically, he, he's handed a team full of third and fourth liners. He's not going to be able to mold Joe Pavelski's not going to be coming out of nowhere as a seventh round pick again. That's just not going to happen. So I don't have any problem with him. And I think, Oh, there you go. Summers is coaching an old style of hockey. We need a fast paced style and stop the dump and chase method. I don't think it matters. I don't think the AHL matters. Like once you get to the NHL, it's a different system. It doesn't matter. He's teaching how to play a 200 foot game. That's what he's focusing on. And that's what is getting produced out of there. And there's a lot of players coming out of that. They're, they're just great NHL players. So um, I don't, I don't see, I don't see that, but anyway, going back to possibly Kevin weeks, I don't, I haven't really been paying attention to the rumors, um, I did see that that's going to be ramping up as soon as the season's over. You're going to see a lot more people going to get um, more names thrown out there. More interviews will probably be happening. It will get a little bit more serious because there'll be teams yeah. that don't make the playoffs that they could have a somebody on their staff that's interested in the job, vice versa, you know. So um, I think uh, it's going to get ramped up here. I wouldn't be surprised if they hire someone before the draft. What do you think? I don't know. I think um... – <laughs> It sounded like what they were talking about was we're we're prepared for the draft without whoever is coming in. So I don't think that they're in any rush necessarily to go find somebody um, before the draft. I think they're focused on uh, what they need to get done with the with the draft and everything else. 
um, with or without the new GM. Now, um, the, it's it's interesting though because you hear that. Well, what I had heard was that there was a list of like fifty. I think this is coming from like Pierre LeBron or something on Twitter. Um, there was like a list of fifty, and they narrowed it already down to like twenty five. Um, they want the GM to be somebody who is very, um, very, I don't know, f- customer facing, I guess you could say somebody who's going to be a public figure, right? Um, they don't want somebody who's kind of like inaccessible to everybody and kind of behind closed doors. They want somebody who's like open to everyone. Um, Kevin Weeks fits that definition because he's been on broadcaster. He's very, very, uh, comfortable in the public eye. So, uh, now, what does he bring in terms of being a GM? I don't know. I mean, he's he's a player. He was a player, uh, and he is a broadcaster. He's an analyst. I don't know that that necessarily makes you qualified to be a GM of a club. Uh, but if he does have whatever qualifications they're looking for, the interesting there, uh, interesting thing there would be that he doesn't really have his own staff that he'd be bringing in. So. Kevin Weeks would, we talked about this earlier, like with the Sharks uh, top brass right now would be essentially hiring the guy that would probably be firing them, right? Well, Kevin Weeks doesn't have anybody underneath him. So they're hiring Kevin Weeks. They're hiring a guy that's probably going to have him keep their jobs around for quite some time because he, they become his, uh, his group, if you will, right? So they become the guys that can kind of help him walk him through everything that's been going on with the Sharks. Like, yeah, help you understand everything that's going on, uh, you know, as a GM. You've never been one before. Let us help you out. So to me, that makes a lot of sense, getting a guy in there who is maybe somewhat qualified but needs a whole lot of help and especially needs a lot of help from people who have been in the organization for a while who then get to keep their jobs. So that, that to me, makes sense. Um, but I don't know if that necessarily makes Kevin Weeks the best candidate. Uh, I know they were talking about, I think it was the assistant GM from, like, Arizona or something like that. They were talking about maybe whoever that guy is. Um but I don't know. I, what do you guys think? Put it in the chat here. Is there something that uniquely qualifies Kevin Weeks uh, as a good GM uh, that I just don't know about? Did he do something or did he did he take a night class that I don't know about? Like, what's what, what makes uh, Kevin Weeks a good GM candidate? Well, he's a former player, former very well respected player in the league, okay. which a lot of the GMs are. Um, he's been doing analyst work, so he's been breaking down video tape of players all over the league again i don't think this gm position should be or will be a one man does it all kind of job i think they want someone who's going to be more of yeah decision maker but also have a team around them which i'm sure is what would happen now joe will is a guy who's been on our show and um he was the was he the assistant gm and then he's the interim gm right now currently right to me i don't know if joe wasn't offered the job or maybe he wasn't. He was like, "Mm, I don't think this is what I would want to do. Um, Maybe because he doesn't really like to be in the spotlight as much as like Doug Wilson did, you know, like that kind of person or Kevin Weeks would be very comfortable. And then they would have, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe will would stick around and be there as like the assistant GM to, to transition, to help and do all kinds of other things. Plus get them up to speed on here's what we've been working on. Here's all this stuff. Now, for the GM position, it needs to be someone who's well-connected and well-respected because you're going to be on the phone making deals and and trades and all kinds of stuff. So um, they are also, you know, they mentioned that they're going to be looking outside of hockey. You don't necessarily need to have NHL GM experience. So it's a very broad net. I think they're going to want to bring in the best candidate. 
Now, Kevin Weeks, I I love talking or listening to him, not talking to him, but listening to him on uh, is it NHL Network? I think he's on or was he TSN? I don't know. He's been all over the place, but yeah, um, he's been a he's been a very good analyst, and and I've always liked him. I used to like him when he was a goalie too, man, because he was one of the I remember he was one of the taller goalies for a while um, before the league kind of went bigger in net. So he kind of stuck out because he was so tall. Um, I remember he played for Carolina for a long time too. And he was good, good kick saves, big, strong legs. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah. I don't, I don't see a problem with it. I don't necessarily, to me, it's not a big deal if they don't have experience because they're going to get it. Okay. Fair enough. I would just think that if you're going to run a hockey club, you probably need some level of experience, but hey, maybe you don't. Uh, not I, be, I wish I mean, gives a little not, bit more weight to the people in the chat saying Aaron and Paul for co-GM for the Sharks, <laughs> I guess, because we don't have any experience. I mean, I've done NHL 22, but uh, <laughs> GM mode for life. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, 180 AD saying late to the chat, but appreciate the late night stream. Let's go Sharks fam. Uh, hey, I don't care if you're late. Just uh, appreciate that you're here, bud. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Unfortunately, we're just about wrapped up. But again, thank you for popping by. <laughs> Better late than never. Uh, Anthony Sanchez Weeks has stated that he wants management level position in the NHL. He's very well spoken and is a strong analyst. Yeah, and that's all well and good. I just don't know why that necessarily makes him uh, the right guy for a, a general manager position. Like you, could, you could be very well spoken. You can know. You could be a former player. Uh, you can know the ins and outs of locker rooms and, and all that. That's all well and good. But in terms of front office and then contract negotiations, um, relations and trades and all those kinds of things, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's other things that we don't even talk about that aren't even necessarily hockey team related that go into uh, uh, being a GM as well, I, I would imagine. So uh, I just to me, it's just don't you think that there would be somebody that you'd, you'd want to bring somebody in who at least has you know, some experience in that, like, like an assistant GM, for instance, uh, who's kind of been around that already. Uh, you would think that somebody like a Kevin Weeks would come in and become an assistant GM or, um, you know, like an advisor to the GM or something, and then kind of learn the ropes of what all this is all about. And then from there, maybe that's a stepping stone, right? But uh, if you're going straight from the broadcast booth uh, to, you know, the press, press box, basically, um, that, I don't know, to me, that doesn't, that, that doesn't yeah. really jive, but okay. <laughs> Throw them in the fire. Throw them to the fire? Yeah, just do it. Throw yeah, that's just what the Sharks team's needs is a bunch of... Can't whatever. get worse, right? <laughs> What's that? Can't get worse. Yeah, can't get worse? Okay. Uh, Mike Ricci. Peter St. John wants Mike Ricci in there. Best-looking guy in Colorado. Yes, he was voted sexiest man in Colorado. He's uh, on the coaching staff, though, right? What's that? He's on the coaching staff. Mike yeah, Ricci. I don't think Mike Ricci would want the GM job just because when he was with... Um, when they got rid of the staff and he moved from the AHL to the NHL, it didn't seem like he wanted to be there. He wanted to be back with the AHL, right? So I don't yeah. think he wants to be the GM of uh, both clubs, essentially. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Don't know, Aaron. Uh, we'll have to see. It'll definitely be a very interesting offseason, uh, given that the that what's going on with a new GM, given what's been going on with the team and 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 talking about making trades, uh, for you know, getting guys out of here that maybe have longer contracts, potential buyouts. We've got a three-headed goalie situation. There's a whole lot going on there. So this offseason is going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, I can't wait to see what's going on, and I hope that you guys uh, certainly tune in to us and have these conversations with us uh, when all that's going on. So, again, I'm going to remind you here, if you're not subscribed, please do hit that subscribe button 
Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Please do hit that the subscribe button so that you can see uh, images like the one Super Producer Jason's throwing on your screen right now. Um, and, and uh, you know, hit that notification bell so you know when we're going live, uh, you'll get the email and you can come and join us. We don't hit you with a new notification every single day and blow up your inbox. We we tell you when we're going live and that's pretty much it. So uh, we're we're a pretty solid subscribe. Just uh, pat myself on the back for that one. Anyway. Uh, how about Vinny Dampus? I don't know. I don't know about Vinny Dampus. Again, Carlos. solid player, but I don't know what 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 has he done to to say he should be a GM. I think I he's just throwing names out there. I, yeah, he, was maybe, maybe. he was one of my hey, favorite Doug players. Murray, though. I love Vinny Dampus, man. That guy was such a slick playmaker. Oh yeah, he was awesome. Anyway, for sure. Uh, three games left. Yep, we got Ducks on Tuesday night. We got Oilers on Thursday night. And then back to back at Seattle. Seattle on Friday. And who in Seattle? It. Huh? Who's back to back with Seattle? We are on on Friday. We play Seattle to end the season. Okay. We play Thursday against the Oilers. That's who it is. Okay. And then Friday against the Kraken. I mean, what do you think here? Not that it matters necessarily, other than our our draft positioning, but uh, I think Seattle is a, a, a team that. I mean, obviously, I feel like the Sharks should be beating. Um, we've had this discussion before where we should beat a team and we don't. So who knows? Um, <laughs> I, I feel like Anaheim um, is is probably the better team there. And um, who who's the other one again? You just said it. Uh, yeah, Oilers. Man. I think the Oilers. I think Vander Kane's got one last message to send, and uh, that one's going to probably do us in uh, as well. So. I don't know. I don't think we pick up any points necessarily this week. If we do, it's going to be against Seattle. And I think our draft positioning is probably going to be like ninth, maybe 10th. What do you think? Well, right now we're two points ahead of the Ducks since yeah. we got the shootout win tonight. Um, we also have a game in hand on the Ducks. They only have two left. So ideally, the Ducks would beat the Sharks, move up, and then the Sharks lose the other two games. I don't know. And then that's at least one spot in the standings for uh, for the draft, the lottery draft. Um, Buffalo is one point behind them. Detroit's one point behind them. So potentially, uh, yeah, just mathematically, we can't. Anaheim's the only one that we would be able to get worse at in the standings or, if you look at it the other way, better at for the, yeah. for the lottery. For the draft, Everyone yeah. else is, uh, is out of reach at this point. So, um, we can only really move one spot. So it doesn't matter. I don't really care about these games. I want to see the young guys. I want to see them play well. I don't want to see them like, you know, take a dump or anything. But I think uh, Seattle, for some reason, seems to have the Sharks number. I don't know why. So um, maybe that'll change in this game. Maybe we can start some kind of rivalry. But they're, you know, expansion team. They already traded away a couple of their players because they didn't make playoffs. So it's kind of a lifeless team. It's kind of a boring game. It's kind of like too boring. Two out of the three are going to be boring. The Edmonton one will be fun, kind of. be yeah. funny if we beat them because they don't care. They're already locked into their playoff spot. So these games are just kind of like ah, formality at this point. So what I'd like to see is a hat trick <laughs> by Noah Gregor and maybe an empty netter with a four-goal game. I would, I would go ballistic if you had a four-goal game. Um by the Maybe. way, what are we betting again? Oh, I don't even know. We didn't even really figure that out. Um, I want to see Bordelow and Shemleski okay. get their first NHL goals. That would be cool. Yes. 
Um, give him a little confidence there. Get that off, you know, the monkey off the back in a way. Um, maybe Cacton getting a shutout. That'd be nice. That would be nice. You know, he's going to get one of the, one of these two games. There's a back to back. So I don't know. I just, you know, I just want to see the guys play well. I want to see some good, good hockey and end the season well on a good note. By the way, going back to the whole GM discussion, Anthony Sanchez making a very nice point here. Uh, Sackick was given a man- management position with the abs after he retired. The abs organization groomed Sackick all at Doug Wilson. My question for you there is, was Sackick given a management position uh, not the general manager position? Was he given something in that realm first and then groomed to be the GM? Or was he just given the GM position uh, straight away? That, that I don't I don't know the answer to that question. I'm just I'm just asking. So there's no sarcasm in that if uh, if, if any was taken there. I just I just honestly do not know. So um, yeah, let, let me know if that was the case. That's cool and everything. I, I like that. And uh, although Sackick was a, a kind of an av for quite a long time, so uh, again, Kevin Weeks never really played for the Sharks. So it'd be kind of interesting if they're bringing somebody else in to do that who was a Shark at one point in time. But if Kevin Weeks is the guy, cool. Um, I just hope that it goes well because um, you know I'd hate to have an, another few years of the same kind of thing. Um, where we're just kind of not, we're, we're floundering, you know? Um, and it seems like they don't want to do the the whole rebuild thing. And if a GM comes in, he's probably going to have to be on board with that because if they're saying we're not doing that and they're the ones hiring, <laughs> I don't think you're going to see a rebuild even with the new GM. Unless that GM comes in, cleans house, says, uh, I know what you what I told you, but I don't care. Uh, you're all gone and I'm bringing in my own people and we're setting fire to this whole building. Uh, then maybe that's the case. Oh, you know, I cannot lie. It was, you know, a lot last, you know, man. <laughs> so producer Jason loves that clip just because he can't understand a word that Josh Hurdle is saying. So there you go. Uh, Zenzi saying tank for better next season. They're not going to tank. I'm telling you, dude, they're not going to do it. They're, no, they're just going mean- to play and try to make playoffs every single season. That's what they're going to try to do. There's going to be too many other teams that are going to tank. Is that would that be tank better or tank worse than the sharks? Yeah. They will they will do a better tank job. So I don't think the sharks wouldn't be able to compete with that kind of tank job unless they completely sold the farm like it was Arizona. It just, just won't happen. Here we go. Anthony Sanchez clarifying. Avs gave Sackick a small management position. Uh, player development showed him how to move up. I believe Sackick worked for the Avs for around 10 years before he became a GM option. There you go. That's kind of my point is Kevin Weeks is coming out of the broadcast booth. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but it's not like Kevin um, Weeks retired last year. He's been what? out of the league for a while. What? It says it's not like Kevin Weeks just retired last year either. He's been out of the no. league a while. But he hasn't been in a management position. He's been just doing broadcasting and analyzing, analyzing players. That that's what he's been doing. He hasn't been doing anything in the front office. And this Sakic Sakic had to be in the Abs organization for ten years before he was in a GM position. That that's doesn't my matter. point. Doesn't matter. Oh sure, it doesn't matter. It says the guy on the podcast. Yeah, sitting, get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Yes, yes. Get, get on, on with, it. with it. So apparently we're done with that conversation. So is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? <laughs> no. <laughs> we're all good. Uh, I don't even know what this is referencing, but I'm just going to say Ryan Manhattan wants a- smelling salts. So for the, for the bet. For the bet? That's a week. Whatever. We could do that. Okay, how about this? You have to have two smelling salts, and they have to be shoved up your nostril. <laughs> oh, God. Wouldn't that kill me? <laughs> 
for five seconds. Oh, I, nobody could do that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess that does it here. Hey, guys, again, thank you so much for uh, throwing all your comments in the chat. We, we love doing this, uh, I, even if we're doing it remotely, which I don't even know if we have to explain why we're remote today. But uh, Super Producer Jason uh, was uh, super busy today, and, and uh, it was just easier for him to do it like this. So uh, that's why we're doing it. But, um, again, we appreciate you guys jumping in the chat with us. So um, we're looking forward to doing it again next time. Again, if you're not subscribed, please feel free. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell. You'll know when we're going live and you can join us. And uh, even more so than the subscribe and the liking and all that stuff. We love the comments. Don't get me wrong. But the sharing is actually the big thing. If you can get this out to your friends, retweet us. Hit the share button on Facebook or uh, I don't know, is it upvote on Reddit or whatever it is. Just just help help us get out there, basically. <laughs> help support the show that way. That's awesome. Again, the people that were uh, helping us out today with the Super Chat, uh, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show that way as well. Uh, and you can go to thefinfactor.com. Again, check out all the merchandise we have. We have shirts, hats, sweatshirts, uh, canteen things, fanny packs. We got, we got a bunch of stuff there. So go there and check that. There we have that one there. Yeah, there you go. So uh, go ahead and check all that stuff out if you'd like to support the show that way. The last way you can do so is through Venmo at The Fin Factor. If you uh, leave a, a message there in uh, your the, the Venmo thing there, it'll we can say it on the show or we can... Uh, do it the next time around. If we miss you, we can do it on the next show. Uh, but we'll absolutely put your comment up there and, and we'll talk about it. So if it's something, a good topic, we can go ahead and do that. So uh, I guess that does it. By the way, um, I, does the four in the net, getting four tacos, does that extend to uh, to away games as well? No. No, it's only home games. Okay, so if you have the link, the four taco thing should still work uh, tomorrow because the Sharks scored four goals in their last home game that they had. So... I want to clarify this now because I had a friend who told me they went to the drive-thru and they only gave them four tacos and they were supposed to have their ticket stub. And I said, no, that's wrong. All you have to have is the website. And if you look on it, it says for four tacos for each person in the in the vehicle or at, at present at time of redemption. Don't let them tell you you need the ticket, okay? I thought it was you a bar. Doesn't it have like a, a um, QR code? It, it has it has a code there, but you don't actually need to use the code. I was in the drive-through. I told them I got three people in the car, and I'm redeeming. They said, "Fine, we'll give you twelve tacos." Done. Okay, done. There was no other thing to deal with it. No tickets, up nothing. So if they're telling you that, they're full of it. Show them the thing on there, and complain later if you have to. Get your free tacos, people. Oh, you know, I can't lie. It was you know a lot last you know month. And you can do it. For tomorrow, okay? Do it tomorrow. You got 12 Taco Bell tacos. Bro, I got, I had four people to feed. What do you want from me? <laughs> Are you kidding? My kids ate six apiece. So, so gross. Before so I get gross. another get on with it, I'm just going to say thank you guys for tuning in one more time. So, for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And we will see you guys next week. Next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.